0: Welcome to the Balanced Ambition podcast. I'm your host Matt Southam. Here we delve into candid conversations with entrepreneurs exploring both their business journey and their secrets to maintaining mental well-being. As we navigate the balance of ambition and inner peace I hope you find insights, inspiration and invaluable takeaways in every episode. Thank you for joining us. Matt, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I want to kick off just by simply asking, how did you get into the business that you're currently in?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I think it's it's been a, a bit of a, an interesting journey. Um, I've done quite a lot of varying jobs over the years. And um, I guess it goes back to kind of when I I used to run a pub right? and, and okay. I got into the point where, you know, in your early 20s, it's fine. And you kind of doing the doing the hours, doing, and, and it's and it's it's a lifestyle more than a more than a job. But then you kind of catches up with you after you're doing kind of 60, 70 hours a week, and and, and you think, well, there's more here. So I went back to union, yeah. did a computer science degree, which I should have done in the first place, um, and that led me into my first consulting career. So we're looking back at you know back in 2010, um, I fell into a uh, a, a startup consultancy. Um, Called REPL Group, and and they were, um, you know, a retail uh, focused organization, you know, supply chain, and they were, you know, they were on on the up, and they were they were working with some big customers, and I, I, you know, that was the start of my consulting career, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. it was with, um, you know, the travel, the the client base that we were working with, the um, the. the the, the colleagues that, you know, we had a, I had a great, um, set of colleagues that, you know, even you know, I still speak to, to this day. Um, and over the course of those, you know, 10, 11 years, um, I, you know, i worked on some big, big projects, global projects with some big, with some big names and the transformation journeys that they went on, you know, not smooth, not always, you know, always very, very difficult, always very, very challenging um and REPL got to a point in um early 21 where uh they were bought out by Accenture and so they had had that kind of they were acquired by Accenture and I'd worked alongside Accenture um for you know a couple of years in one of the projects that we were doing
0: um
1: and I was kind of the opinion where I didn't want to do that that wasn't I didn't want to go into that behemoth of an organization. I didn't want to, I wanted to then basically take back control of, of, uh, who I worked with, why I was doing what I was doing. And I got to the point where I was like, if I don't set up by myself now, then I never will. And I'll regret it. I'll regret it forever. So it was kind of like the universe basically saying, right, we bought out by Accenture it's time to do go and do that thing and try it at least and and see how you get on. Um, so, Tratech Consulting was formed, um, and uh, it's a it's an interest. You know, you know when you come in, you're thinking about okay, how do I start this business? How do I get to the point of? Um, and coming up with the name was just. I mean, it's called Tratech Consulting. Is trading as Tratec Consulting, but then the actual yep. name is Transformational Tech Consulting Limited. So it's a bit of a mouthful. Okay, that's to cram that down. A little <laughs> bit. Um, and. What I wanted to do, I wanted to. I guess the, the the mission and the vision of what I wanted to do with the business is turn consulting on its head. Um, you know, consultants don't have the best reputation in 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 the world. I think you know everyone would 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 agree with that. Um, whether that's driven by some of the big consultancies, who who can say? Um, you know, but yeah. it's it's a typically an IT. What we find is it's an IT driven project right so the business is normally an afterthought so getting end users into to programs of work you normally you know a um, user acceptance testing phase or just before by which point it's too late um and then you get to a point where the systems that you're implementing are not uh fit for purpose or they've missed a big chunk of requirements or yeah. and all of a sudden you have delay on delay and the reputation of the program your business case goes out the window um So I very much now set up TriTech to be an advocate for end users, um, whether that's internal stakeholders, whether that's the customer that they're they're delivering for um, and ensure that when I do uh, work with clients, that we are very forthright and with our our views on making sure that the business is engaged, you know, from day one. Um, Without that, There's no point, you know. I don't feel that there's a point at which we can engage properly, right? So I will always be honest and open with my clients and say, if you haven't got the business involved in this, or if you haven't got the stakeholders available to support this, then we can't really work with you because it's it's one of those ones where it you're you're setting up to fail at day one, yeah, or overspend or whatever. And that's we don't do that, right? That's something that I'm very very, um, said forthright about. So we we I set up TriTech and we we've kind of driven down that end user first change management people empathy you know the human side of business yeah. and it's uh like I said flipping it on its head it's the it's the technology enabling the business but it's being driven from the business it's not just oh we've got to implement this shiny new technology that's come out and you know CEO or CTO are pushing that down onto the business it's a the business have a genuine problem they need to solve and we'll go and help them find and implement the technology that solves that problem yeah it can be a mixture of like um innovation or existing platforms or whatever that looks like but fundamentally it has to come from a pain point from the business
0: Yeah. So you have you have to get that buy in from, like you say, everyone involved all all the way down. I think actually you mentioned about uh, consultants and and getting that bad name. And I I sometimes wonder if this is because, you know, the people right at the top decide because this is what you do. Get some consultants in and actually further down uh, with, you know, maybe people on the ground, people working. They're sort of thinking, hang on a minute. I don't understand why they're doing that, and they're spending a lot of money when actually my wage has been, uh, you know, it's stable for a couple of years. And actually, maybe there's a, a disconnect, like you say, between what consultants are offering and actually the people on the ground seeing any difference apart from these people wandering in, earning a big wage while they're doing all the work.
1: And I think that's, I mean, it's a really good point. I mean, the the fact that, and, and this is not to, to slate you know, uh, big, big consultancy firms, right, at all, because they have a very successful business model. They do, they have the ability to, you know, they have some very um, experienced people, but what you typically find is that they'll put one or two experienced people onto a project and then start filling it with people who are less experienced. So there's, I've seen a number of articles, um, you know, the Financial Times and in in Forbes and that kind of thing about where your, you know, your CEO is trying to take a managerial advice from someone who's been in consulting for two years, right? It just doesn't work. Right. (laughs) So, so that's, I think that's potentially some of the barriers that we have to break down when it comes to consulting. People see consultants as like very high paid, they come in, they're, you know, do our, you know, are they going to cost me my job? So there has to be that human empathy and that, that respect when you go into an organisation to go well, actually we're here to and I always whenever I start um, working with a client it's like I'm here to help you I'm not here to change think you know change your job I'm here to help you get the most out of your job to maybe take some of the things that you hate about your job away and then you know it's that adoption piece as you mentioned in the question um, you know I think they say seventy percent of digital transformation projects fail through non adoption so yeah. <laughs> it's you know it's a big big problem that if you don't if you don't address it and 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 the change management element of it you know you're 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 just going to end up spending money for no return and i think that's yeah. something that maybe ceos and ctos um need to understand when they're engaging with um with consultancies that uh, and trying to form up projects and trying to get um business cases written that you need to start with your business and you need to start with the end users because without them and without their, you know, you can help them drive on that change. It doesn't have to be that they're going to try and, you know, hold up the transformation, but at least when you're transforming a, a, a solution or a process or or whatever that looks like, that you've got some advocates from the business to support that.
0: Yeah, the the, the stat you said there, that 70% of digital transformations fail. I mean, that, that sort of then you almost question are people looking at it as a a tick box exercise rather than actually this is can make a major difference
1: yeah i think i think that's a really it's a it's a good point and that's kind of where i get what kind of um mentioned a little bit earlier i think it's getting to a point now where if if it's an IT driven project because let's look at let's look at ai is a great example right ai's been around a long time really come into the mainstream in 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 the last 12 months. and what happens? It's nice new shiny thing that everyone's going after and everyone has to do AI. And what happens when you implement it badly? I mean, I wrote an article about customer service, right? And everyone's going down the chatbot route and I hate them. absolutely hate them. Um, because if they're badly implemented, and I've, there's a couple of examples in some of the articles I've written that I've, I personally have come across when trying to get stuff done for my own, you know, for my, for my family or whatever, that um, they don't work. And if you can't if you don't work and there's no number to talk to somebody you're completely alienating your customer base yeah. so there is a whole big um area where now CTOs, ceos all the c-suites are see this nice shiny new ai is the future ai is this ai is that and therefore going hand over fist is a big race mm-hmm. for companies to get ai incorporated and don't get me wrong there are um some really really good use cases for for ai and how you know how it can work really really well but i'm not i'm not putting a damper on AI in its entirety. Um, but there is still, it's still in its, in, in, in its mainstream infancy. And I think there's still yeah. a lot of things like governance and ethics and, um, you know, that have to be really thought out. Elon Musk talks about it all the time. And yeah. uh, even the open AI guys who have uh, had their, um, you know, their Coronation Street episodes going on um, on the board there. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think there's, there is, there will, there will be a, a turning point when AI is, 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 Fully embedded into our into our ecosystem, I, I've, I've no doubt. But we have to be a little bit careful um, in that the race the race to get it done is it can cause us problems. You know, we talk about NFTs and Bitcoin, and you know, it's yeah. the next new shiny thing, right? And it's everyone yeah. talks about Bitcoin, NFTs, AI is the next new shiny thing, and people have to realise that it's technically still in this infancy in 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 the mainstream world and how its used uses are kind of going to evolve over time so there is you know you can understand why people are a bit scared for their jobs you can understand why certain things will disappear um and that's part of the, you know the interesting challenge that we have to deal with um as consultants as well when you go in it's just like oh you're going to implement ai oh my job's going to go and you have to kind of fight that battle and say well, actually no we're not here to take your job away we're here to kind of evolve it a bit so um yeah yeah there's lots of those kind of challenges at the moment where you know, you have to just kind of try and rein in the C-suite a little bit. I think. That's, yeah, that.
0: I I can see that. Yeah, AI's definitely got that that buzz about it. it has all all year. Um, I'm you know the amount of you know books or online guides to implementing AI. Suddenly, yeah, I was being fed on on Twitter or X or whatever you know, and all these different different sort of platforms. And actually, unless it's going to make things better for your for your industry, why are you? Implementing a load of t- or committing a load of time, resources uh, into something that actually, what's the problem? What are you trying to yeah. solve, first exactly. of all? I, exactly. I think a lot of the time with AI, people have found a solution, they just don't know what the problem is. problem is, um, absolutely. they're, they, yeah. they're, they're yeah. doing it the wrong way around.
1: Yeah. And that's why I'm, a, I, you know, I, so as part of the business that we, that we, that I, that, that, we're, that we're sorting out now is. There's two parts to it. There's the op- we class as the operational transformation side of things, which is the the business analysis, the data analytics, the data-driven decision making, all of that stuff that gives you the the insights and the inputs into doing your digital transformation, which is the other side of the business that we run. Um, because without the um, without that understanding, exactly what you just said, right? They're trying to solve a problem. They don't really know what it is with with AI. Um, so until you really get into the weeds of right, this process, I've got 20 people, as I found with, a, with another client that we're working with, um, I've got 20 people doing the same process in 20 different ways. Well, actually that that's not gonna be solved by technology. That's gonna be solved by you sorting out your business process and training your people yeah. on how to do that process properly. You might be able to streamline some of that process by implementing technology, which then frees them up to go and do other things, but don't just go, oh, we need to put AI into this because, because, and that you know, there's no yeah. rationale behind it, understand the, 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 the detail, because that's where the devil is. The devil's obviously in the detail, um, because what'll happen is you'll implement it and you'll miss out a huge chunk and, and, and it'll just cause more problems than it's worth. So, yeah. and like you said, you spent a boatload of money and you haven't really, you're not really gonna get the return from it. So no. there has to be value in it too.
0: Yeah, completely. T- take me right back. So um, you're obviously working in a pub, running a pub. So what did you learn from that, that you were able to transfer straight into your business when you started? And then I, I do want to talk about the, the challenges within your business. But what were those learnings you got from that initial start in, in, into work? Because actually a, a pub environment, like you say, uh, with it's lifestyle... It is quite that environment if you're dealing with lots of different people um at times there's alcohol involved and uh <laughs> therefore you yeah. know you're not always dealing with rational people what yeah. did you learn from that
1: i think it's so there's a couple of things so work ethic is is a big thing right so um you know you at the time you know this is early kind of into early 2000s right so um it's the working double backs so you're working kind of split shifts you start like six in the morning till kind of four in the afternoon then you get two or three hours off and then you're doing seven in the evening till two in the morning then potentially you're back in again at 6am so you know that work ethic you have to have that ability to you know really drive yourself to to do that so I mean I've always been kind of work you know really um you know, driven when it comes to you know doing my best at work all the way from when I was a child. I think that kind of yeah. kind of was in, instilled in me as a as, as a child by my parents. But um, so you know, definitely a work ethic side of things. You can't run a pub if you're going to be lazy and you know, especially that you know in in the middle of Cardiff and uh, it just doesn't work, right? You can't right. you can't do it. Um, I think also management, and not even necessarily um, of the you know your 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 clientele but also of your staff right because again you have to you know we're talking about me doing those shifts they were also doing you know long hours you know 12 13 14 15 hours a day you chuck in match days and you know you're on your feet for 16 17 hours a day you know that motivational element of it you know that whole you know i i would never i always got to the point where i would never ask one of my staff members to do something that i would never have done myself and that's okay, yeah and it's a bit of a cliche but it was you know it was always the truth if there was any ever challenges i would never put my staff into a position where um that um you know if if there was if there was a problem that i would i wouldn't do it myself
0: yeah leading from the front as such absolutely you know, leading from yeah. the front
1: and i think i think that garnered a lot of respect from you know uh from the staff members and we always used to have a good laugh when you know with with you know regardless who was on the shift there was never any any challenges and i think that was always down to the fact that you know they trusted me to 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 help them and uh, yeah. they could come to me with anything and that you know and that's kind of that stem that started the foundations of you know, where I am now, right. With, I have the same with my staff. I would never ask them, you know, I, I get my hands dirty with, you know, if they're, if they're having, if they're struggling with a deadline or, you know, it's like, like, right, tell me what you need and let's get it done. And let's, you know, yeah. and so, even last week I was, you know, knees deep in business process mapping and that kind of stuff, right. It's <clears> not something that, you know, one is a, a small business owner. You can get away from anywhere. You have to get yeah. your hands dirty all the time, but, but it just means that they can, the, the people that you work with you know can rely on you to not you know if I turn around and say oh I can't help you, you just have to deal with it you know do the hour that's not gonna that doesn't work right so nice. um so being able to you know really you said lead like you said lead from the front and and drive um drive the business from you know you know your you're, you're at the forefront you're you know pe- people will follow you if yeah. they can see that you're with them and i think that's that's really key
0: yeah yeah definitely so how have you you know dealt with that you said you obviously used to work long hours you're clearly committed to working so how did you make sure that actually you don't burn out because that is a is a common luckily you were young when you were working in the pub and i've yeah. done it you know i've worked in in the the nightlife industry as a, as a dj and you know but also had a, a full time job and i've you know so i've i've worked but how did you manage not to burn out? As you've progressed into actually running your own business, it's very easy to keep just keep going with those same hours.
1: I think being open and honest, I did. I did burn out in in just before at the end of 2020. Um I was running a uh director of I was a director of development services. So I was running a, a team of development developers, quality analysts, pro- product owners, <clears throat> and you know, trying to grow that part of the business whilst also billing to a client. Um, and also, so I was having my day to day, you know, role of trying to do that whilst working on a client. So I was getting up at like three in the morning to do the client work. Cause I never had the time of the day to do it. Um, and you know, part of me could put that down to prioritization, but I think, uh, and delegation, but actually the, the, um, I did delegate on top of that as well. So, you know, they, I did get to a point where I burnt out and I was off work for a good couple of months. I was very really well supported in that, in that time, but it got me to realize that work isn't everything, you know, it's it's a big part of what we do and it's a big part of who I am, you know, and, but you know, I have three children. Um, they, they're all fairly young. Um, they need to be looked after. They need my time as well. Um, so I, I always made a point after that period to say, do you know what? Uh, a specific time, I'm done. Um, even now, even with the business as it is now, at five at four, five o'clock, I'm done. And then I'll put put the computer down and have quality time with them. But if I do need to go back and I you know, it's it's very rare now that I need to work until kind of twelve, one o'clock in the morning. But if it needs to be done, I'll do it after they've gone to bed. So they still get time with me I'll still be able to get what I need done, um, and then, it, it, it's one of those things that um, I have to um, make a point of, you know, listening to audiobooks or just taking that step away and doing something that's completely different. So I'll try not to listen to business books where I can, because um, that just it's just a perpetuating cycle, right? But um, <laughs> uh, it's it's more the the, the um, the fiction stuff but also uh with farm with um tratech now being the main shirt sponsor for Farmborough football club um i'm up there quite a lot so that's yeah. a nice little kind of um i don't i try and avoid taking the kids to that if i can because that's kind of my time where i can just relax and unload and you know it's uh yeah you know, the, the emotional side comes out then doesn't it so it's uh yeah that's the that's the balance i try and i try and maintain so um yeah it is tough don't get me wrong it is tough to um to 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 do that um particularly as as you know we were as we were talking before the podcast right just trying to get this week is people off sick and tenders due in at the end of the week and um clients still to you know still to serve and that kind of stuff so um you know there are weeks like this but it's not it's not um every week like it used to be
0: yeah yeah i mean i really like that you said about you know that the football's your your own thing and you go and do that because actually a lot of people say um you know step back from work go and spend some time with your family and and i agree with that i've got two young children i love spending time with them and i do uh, it, you know i'm not always perfect at it but i do try and make sure the time i spend with them i'm actually present i'm spending it with them i'm listening yeah. i'm i'm enjoying their time because um when I say they don't care about the business, I mean that because they shouldn't need to care about the business. Like, they, they don't care what I do for, for a job. You know, they, yeah. they're, they're young enough, they probably don't even understand the full concept of it. So I wouldn't expect them to care that, oh, actually, I've still got some work to do. But actually, the the additional part on that is actually taking time to spend with myself. And and by that, that's just whether I go to the gym and it's, it's on my own or I go out for a walk, because actually, I think it's, a lot of people say get support from other people, but actually you need to be able to support yourself. Yes. Um, so th- taking time just to do something your, yourself. And and I agree with that about stepping away from, from business books. I mean, I, I read a fair bit and things like that, but actually occasionally I want to watch a film that you might class as, as a bit rubbish, but it's just a, a complete distraction. It's, it's something... Oh,
1: the amount of times I've watched Harry Potter now, it's, <laughs> it's just it's completely like you know what's going on, but it's not it's not something that you have to pay much attention to, and you can just yeah. you can you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if, you know, you mentioned you know you mentioned the, the kids shouldn't have to to think about work. Absolutely agree. Um, but interestingly, just uh, just coincidentally, really to that comment is that you know yesterday my kids were you know obviously now they're off school for Christmas, they were playing work. I was like, don't what. Like they yeah. they got an old laptop that I've got had they, they they use for like you know um messing around with and they're like oh yeah we're gonna go and play work I was like don't do that like you know you've got you got years and years and years of you know you know mm. dedicating your time to that just you know go yeah play absolutely but yeah don't don't think it work is something that you <laughs> that you really need to you got loads of toys go and play with those or go and do something else I know. Like, they play they car. do
0: pick up so much of what we yeah. do i remember when i can't remember which one it was they were, they were much younger they had a toy phone and she was walking around the room talking on this phone and i realized she was imitating me on the phone and it was at that point i realized how disconnected i was at times when i was on the phone you know yeah. just sort of almost going yeah okay yeah cool yeah okay and <laughs> yeah. you could sort of see it's not a conversation yeah. um yeah. and and i picked and I, it made me think oh may, maybe sometimes actually we see our phones as a bit of a a distraction to something else but actually we're not even focused on that conversation either we're just we've got so yeah. much going on in our heads
1: and i think that's a really yeah so that's, that's a you know coming back to your like mental health and stuff like that, that's a really important thing because it you, you end up kind of it ends up building up because if you didn't if you didn't pay attention just to use that, your phone call as an example if you hadn't paid attention to that phone call you like oh I've got to do something and that kind of weighs on you because you maybe mm-hmm. forget to do something and then all of a sudden works building up because you haven't you haven't done what you said you were going to do because just because you weren't present in that phone call
0: yeah
1: um, and I think that's uh, you know the other, I guess the other question is do you you know do we do we need to have as many virtual meetings and phone calls as as we are uh, you know i've uh, been in a lot of clients that just have meetings to prepare for meetings and it's just like yeah seriously guys come on
0: yeah yeah you
1: can't, you can't turn up to a meeting without having to have prepared for a meeting so like, how far back do you go do you need to prepare for the prepare, preparation meeting for the for the meeting and uh, you, yeah. know, it's just, you know yeah just
0: no i've i've got a big big thing about meetings of and and i don't know but again clients were email or can we have a catch up and i'm like yep yeah, what's it about what do you yeah. want to discuss? What do you want to achieve at the end of this? Because, and that's not to be rude, and but it, but it's like actually time is limited. All of us are limited with with yeah, our time. Exactly. So how do I prioritize this? And you know to get the most out of meetings, I think they actually need to be really structured. Uh, they need to be short because actually long meetings people just drift off especially virtual meetings you know if you've ever sat on a zoom for more than an hour then you're you're starting to go um so yeah i think that's an
1: interesting point virtual meetings particularly actually i think like since covid and obviously the 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 rise of the the virtual meeting and um i don't i i miss the face-to-face i i I, whenever i can i will try and get people into a face-to-face meeting because you learn and you garner so much more from doing those things. Even if it's like, you know, even we, we talk about and, and we talk about sales or something like that, right? It's it's you want it's very difficult to have a, a sales meeting now. Um whereas before, if you committed to a sales meeting and you were in face-to-face, you would be there, you know, you'd have to go there and you would be and that, that meeting would be kept and you know, you'd have that face to face, you'd get to understand how it works. Now it's so easy to go, oh, no, i'm not going to ghosting horrible we can talk, yeah. can talk about that in a minute but um you know it's it's so easy to go oh actually i can't i can't do this because something more important has come up or and actually to the sales to the person that needs to sell because they they need to they want to sell the services or you know the the one thing that frustrates me more than anything else is you know and the hardest thing for me is to getting in the door as it probably is with everybody yeah. but you know just to get people to understand how passionate and um i am about what we do and how much value we can add and you know you know until you have that face-to-face phone call you know you can't you can't do that email is rubbish when it comes to things like that cold lead gen on on linkedin but i think it's like that whole missed that whole loss of doing a face-to-face engagement whether it's sales whether it's a workshop or you know like you said anything over an hour when you're gonna have to have a break because people have they're already on emails' they're not focused and not yep. fully in the they're not fully in the room I think there's a lot to be said about going back to some of the older <laughs> the older ways It's not that much older. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> it,
0: isn't. But, it isn't but you pick up on those i call it like sort of micro interactions just those little you can you know we've all got that whether it's a sixth sense or whatever you can just sense is someone bought in on this okay so you've got something on your mind and actually when you're just on a screen that isn't always picked up on no
1: No, absolutely not. And I think the other thing is like you go into a room and the ability to converse is so much easier because even, Mm. you know, it could be, I don't know, you're at home, your cat jumps in your lap or you 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 missed, you missed 10 seconds, but it could be the most important 10 seconds of the meeting. Right. Or I want to be able to draw something on a board and just, you know, just to, to, you know, to mind map something out or whatever that is. How do we strategize this? Okay. You can't, you can't do that as easy on a on a on a on a computer particularly if you haven't got like a, a stylus or something you can draw on a on a, on a screen or so there's there, are, there is there are things that get lost in that in that virtualization of of meetings i think mm. um so i think there's definitely there's definitely value in a in getting back to some sort of face-to-face capacity whether that's you know um You know a half day meeting or a workshop or or whatever i I, you know i don't have the answers you know i think a lot of people are gonna um i think maybe i'm kind of trying to fight a a losing battle with some of that but um
0: yeah it is it is really a tough one because i'm the same i love the interaction of you know meeting people and speaking to them but equally i love a 15 minute team's meeting that then I then I can step out of and actually crack on with my day I've lost yeah, yeah I say lost you know sometimes that 15 minutes would have taken an hour and a half uh before so it, but it's a real balance and yeah. uh, maybe it depends who 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 the client is and I, and I agree so sometimes building up that rapport with someone building up the, the the trust um that can be done much quicker and much easier face to face um You know, maybe further down the line, actually, things online are more productive, but there's a real balance. And, yeah, yeah, I don't have all the answers there at all. I'm sort of quite I'm quite interested in um, work environments, virtual working, um, the hours people work. So to give a little bit of background to that, um, we're now a a fully remote team um, and that's been a great progression for us almost my next step is people being able to work in the hours that suit them but yes. of course the reason we work nine to five is because most of our clients work nine to five and actually if i want to have a meeting or someone's going to phone me actually i want that between nine and five i don't want someone phoning me at eight o'clock even if they're working at eight o'clock yeah so, yeah. so how how do you how do you balance that
1: i mean that's a good point because i mean like, like i we're fully remote as well because there's no point in us as consultants no point in having an office right nice. at, the, at this point we don't have a central functions team and who need to be together we don't have a uh you know we have developers and, and, and that kind of thing but they they don't need to be centrally located so nice. um but you 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 know one of my one of my consultants um his wife works between the hours of 11 and five right so um he has to do childcare. so uh, he works in the morning up until 11 o'clock and then yep. he's off between 11 and five and then he'll work in the evening till kind of nine o'clock. Um, let, you know, he's on a project where he's able to do that because it's not meeting intensive, let's put it that way. But right. if he does have to have meetings, they're between kind of six and and, and, and 11, right? And then yep. he doesn't need to bother any, he's not gonna be able to bother anyone in the evening because right. no one's gonna be working. But if we can, you know, that's the that's the kind of flexibility that we're trying to offer um, to make sure that you know, one, we get the we get the when we get the hours from from our consultants because it's not you know being off between eleven and five is quite a significant period of time during yeah. the day. But yeah. it means that one we get the we can get the work done, but two he gets the the flexibility to look after his son. So um, you know, it, maybe that's a an extreme example. You know, maybe you know, but we do try. You know, I I if I have to say I have to go and do the school run. Um, for whatever to pick up my kids, I need that flexibility to be able to go and do that. And I think yeah. definitely that's what home working is offering um, people a lot more is that is a bit more of that flexibility. Um, but yes, going back to the kind of office thing, I still miss going to to see people face to face. And I always kind of get a little bit, um, a little bit. It's quite a sad thing to say, but quite excited when it comes to oh, I'm going to go and go and see people today because you get <laughs> so used to just being in this in this in this room. It's uh, yeah actually have that social interaction is, is is quite is quite is quite nice.
0: Yeah, it is it is a real challenge. And I think it's something we're gonna see develop in, in the future years. Obviously, while it's been going on for a couple of years now, you know, since that sort of COVID time, actually it is still fairly new for a lot of organizations. So yeah. Yeah. um I, I think there'll be lots more conversations about it. And and taking back, you know, you said it, it isn't all just about work. And actually, I think lots of us have, have discovered that, you know, um, I do the school run on a Wednesday as, as such, you know, or I am from, from January and that, that's fine. I just build my diary around that. But being able to offer that flexibility is fantastic. Yeah. but we've we've equally got to balance it uh, there isn't maybe the social interaction that people were having so it's, it's making sure you support people to maybe have their own social interaction outside of the work workplace because lots exactly. of people, lots of people yeah. relied on going to the office as you know meeting up with people their work friends that the, the social actually we're, we're losing lots of that and yeah I'm, I'm I don't know where it's gonna go. I'm not, not an expert in this, but I'm I'm really interested in, in seeing how it develops.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing that what we we've, we've been finding with particularly with working, is that is the um the commute and the cost yeah. of saving of commute. I mean, we know how expensive the UK is generally, but um, you know, train reliability and all the strikes and everything else that goes on public transport's difficult, traveling anywhere is difficult nowadays. Yeah. Um actually, you know if you're saving yourself, you know, we're in Farnborough, right? So Farnborough, we've got, we're we lucky we have a direct line into Waterloo. But um, still, if you're trying to get across London, you're still looking at an hour's commute to yeah. get into London. Um, yeah. Now, what could you do in that hour, right? Well, actually, I could do a podcast, for example, right? Yeah, in a, in a, yeah. you know, or I could do, do an hour's worth of sales calls, or I could do, you know, so there's a there's a lot to be said for not commuting to an office and mm. um and, and and working from home so it ha- don't get me wrong i'm I'm not completely anti working from home well, I, I do enjoy the flexibility i do enjoy the 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 savings on having to go in and out of london um and having to deal with the public transport system but yeah um there's still that like that social like you mentioned the social interaction that, that's getting lost i think by by having that more focused on work from home than um than in the office yeah,
0: I think we hopefully are going to see, and I, I use the word balance, you know, obviously the, the the podcast is called Balanced Ambition, but that will, the balance between how we work, I think will will come in because we are all trying to, um, yeah, life is about balance, yeah. you know, there are times that are stressful, there's times that are fun, there's, you know, you want to spend time with family, you need to spend time with yourself, you need need to work hard, but equally, it's not all about work. And actually, yeah. how we work, I think, will then be the next conversation to, to ensure actually it supports all of our mental well being, because, like, exactly like you said, you can't just work, 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 there needs to be some balance in there. But equally, the way we work can have a major impact on just our mental well-being in my current office at the moment i don't have a window um we're doing some house developments and, and things like that so there will be but at the moment you know if i don't get up and walk out i'm almost in i've got no natural light coming yeah.
1: into my office like at the like moment. being in a cell for a day right yeah, you so, yeah. so you, you know I mate, dark, start work in the dark be in the dark all day you finish work and it's dark outside so it's yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah. i know so it's you know it's saying i've got a sort of Make a conscious effort to be up, be out, go into other rooms, go go out, go out for a walk, um, because otherwise, yeah, you do just you don't really know what's going on on the outside world. And I'll tell you a, a very quick story. I remember working in a, in a nightclub and uh, so because we were talking about nightlife and all that. I remember it was it must have been during the peak summer and uh we had an early so i was running a lot of the promotions i was also and we had an early i think we had an under 18 event on as a so i went down for the early promotions. So i probably got there maybe nine o'clock or eight o'clock and of course it was still light outside so i went into this basement nightclub at eight o'clock we then had the entire evening as well and i DJed in the evening and then we had a drink afterwards and then i came out at about 5am and it was light and uh i was sort of like did it actually get dark yeah. <laughs> and i spent the entire night in a basement and and it is very much we need to make sure actually we get up and we we move about and yeah. uh we, we you know take stock of some of the nature as it is and natural light yeah. and, and things like that otherwise it is very easy to be just sat at your desk at home home working for the entire day not see anyone not go out and actually that that's not great for us
1: no absolutely not and particularly particularly at this time of year because yeah. like you said it earlier it's dark in the morning dark in the early in the evening if you don't yeah. get out and see if you don't get out and see some sunlight it's it's a very it's a very detrimental effect on uh on on how it works so yeah i i think there's a um i think there's a definite uh value for people to to get out and about you know i'm not yeah. don't know, i'm not i'm not a psychologist or you know it's just you just know right, when you're out, how much better you feel when you get out and about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think any of us, you know, I, I always joke that, you know, I'm not a specialist in any of these areas, but actually I think we all know if we can eat a bit healthier, get a bit of exercise, yeah. get a bit of social interaction, you know, all of this just, just helps us live Absolutely. live better lives. You don't need to be an expert to understand the, the, the absolute basics of what helps make makes humans sort of tick and and, uh, and stay happy. I want to finish off today um, asking about a, a tip for anyone looking to start their business. Now um, I want, I'm going to ask for two answers here. So because uh, often I just say, what would be your tip to someone, you know, thinking of starting a business? One, what would be a business tip? But secondly, what would be a tip to ensuring actually the mental well-being of a, a business owner? Because that it is tough, and it yeah. is very easy when you start a business just to work every hour going because you feel like it's you know, th- this is my all. I'm growing yeah. this business. I, I have to work. So they might be interjoined, but hopefully can I can do, do two, clear.
1: You two of the business tips because there's one really yeah. So the first one I think is really understanding how the finance aspect works. So um, realizing that if you're having employees and how expensive employees are, right? As as when you're a permit, you don't realize how expensive your, your, your package can actually be. So understanding that VAT is not yours, that you owe PAYE, that you owe corporation tax, that you owe, there's hundreds of different taxes that you end up having to pay, right? So just be yeah. mindful that um, Whilst your finances might be looking healthy, just account for and if you can put them into, you know, put them into separate buckets that you don't touch um, as as the money's yeah. as the money's the revenues coming in, um, so you don't get stung. I've been you know I've been done that two years in a row now with my corporation tax in December, <laughs> um, but also so that's the first one. Um, the second one on the business side of things is prepare to fail and and learn yeah. quickly. It's a massive massive. Um, learning curve on everything, everything you thought, you know, I was lucky enough to come from having done loads of different roles and uh, you know, exposed to lots of different areas of like, um, marketing and and uh, not even, you know, finance and understanding kind of utilization, particularly from a consultancy side of things, but actually, what I still, I've still had a massive learning curve over the course of the, you know, the last, months well, nearly three years now, I'm still learning. Um, and be prepared to kind of, I guess, if you can, recognize where your weaknesses are, and leverage other people to fill those weaknesses. It's something that I'm, still trying to do. So um, you know, I'm sure tr- I'm still gonna try and look for a proper um sales and marketing person to, you know, and and to drive the business forward. But um, you know, I recognize that's not my strong point. You know, reaching out to people, I can go and network and I can talk about my business all day long, but actually that kind of initial kind of engagement part of it is not you know. So you have to recognize that you have weaknesses and and you need to find ways of filling those weaknesses. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the, the 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 kind of the balance of things i think we co- we've we covered quite a lot of it today right it's it's the yeah. we're getting out getting making you know even if it means blocking an hour or an hour and a half in your calendar you know every other day getting out for a long walk into nature um you know having hobbies outside of work that you actually have to follow up on and and, and you know so if you have football training or if you um i I don't know you 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 support a a preschool like i've done um whatever that is you have something that's time bound where you can go right i absolutely have to shut my computer off now and i have to walk away from it there is no choice i've got to go and do this thing yeah Um, because otherwise you will get so lost in um work 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 and that it will take over so, yeah, making you know those kind of couple of things will will definitely help um, making sure that you are separating yourself from from work. And I guess the other thing is don't have your computer in your bedroom like I do. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. fall out of bed, you fall out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning and you are straight on it, and it's like you haven't even had a coffee before you start the day. So, yeah, uh, yeah if you can have a separate room, have a separate room as well.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with that. There's two bits, two points there. I want to follow up on one. Um, I love activities that you can't do while holding any technology. Yes. So, you know, um, or or you're not as easily distracted by, by technology. So football training, probably a, a great one. You know, you can't be standing there on, on, on your phone. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, you're, you're committed, you're, you're doing it. And yeah. and I think something like that's really good. And yeah, that, that whole, if you are working from home, still having a defined sort of area or defined time that actually you you shut down because i think we all saw that in lockdown that you know in, back in 2020 that actually the, the you know the working hours and the yeah, it, it just blended in, into one yeah. um and i think you've got to be really disciplined to understand this isn't all about work yeah absolutely Matt, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, I wish you all the best with, with your business. I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation and, and your honesty uh, relating to everything. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Balance Ambition Podcast. I genuinely hope the stories inspire you as much as they inspire me. If you found value in today's conversation, please share it with a friend. And remember, by subscribing, you won't miss an episode and it would truly mean the world to me. Stay balanced and I'll see you next time.